track number five of Pastors of Thousands. What do you have about marriage and the ministry? Is it good to be married and in the ministry? Now, how many here are not married? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. All right, put your hands up. How many are married? Now, everybody close your eyes. How many of you who are married will say that marriage is not easy? Raise your hand. Okay, put down your hand. It's not easy. How many will say that it's easy? All right. Why must a young man be married? Reason number one in the ministry. Because the anointing makes you attractive. Amen. I'm giving you reasons why a young man must be married in ministry. The song of songs which is Solomon's. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. For thy love is better than wine. Are you there? Because, don't open, don't open, I'm reading, listen. Because of the savor of thy good ointments, thy name is as ointment poured forth. Therefore, do the virgins love thee. The virgins love thee because thy name is like the anointing that is poured forth and the ointment that is on you because you are in the ministry is there. And because of that, the virgins love you. Pastor, are you getting that? Ladies love you because of the anointing on you. Anointed people are attractive to people. Amen. Amen. What do you think about that? <laughs> do you think about that? You don't think about that. An anointed person becomes handsome immediately, and he is sweetly attractive. To those who are after whatever. So, if you are not married, it is for thy own safety that thou mightest marry and keep thyself pure. That's why I married when I married. I did not want to have sex before I got married and I was afraid I would when I put certain things together two and two I realized that if I don't take care something bad could happen to me 
So I decided, like, look, I've got to get married. And one day I had a dream. In the dream, I went to a hospital. And I was in the OPD of the hospital. As I was there at the OPD, I was supposed to have my bath and change. But I decided to wait. And when I waited, a lot of people came to the OP. OPD means outpatient department. So like the clinic. A lot of people came there. And when they came, I still had to bath and change. And I realized that when I woke up, I said, man, what dream is this? It's like when we are supposed to bath and change on time, you better bath and change on time before you are disgraced. Because now you have to change all the people are looking at you. So I said, man, better earlier than disgraced. Amen. So I got married. 8th of June 1989 I signed got married and I took my wife to the room and I made myself happy in the Lord Amen as some people said he's married because he has gone to commit fornication. I said, everything you have accused, you can have been accused of one before. Oh yeah, they had stories. And my wife became sick immediately after that, and she went to the hospital, uh, to the lab for some tests and so on. And some people saw it said, ah, confirmation. She came for pregnancy tests and so on. That's why they married at that time. But God knows, it doesn't matter what you say. Whatever you say is true. God should forgive us. You be there with your talkings and I'll also be there in my life. God should forgive all of us and move on. Amen. Bible says, agree with thy accusers. <laughs> Amen. So anointing makes you attractive. Ladies, when you are anointed and you are ministering, you are also attractive. Because of that, the virgin brothers are also attracted to you. <laughs> You see, God's glory makes a person nice. I say God's glory makes a When a person is a spiritual person, even if she's not naturally beautiful, she becomes beautiful. It's a very beautiful thing. You are the next anointed person. So you got to marry, right? Now, why should you marry? So that you can be an example in a very difficult thing. When you go, have you got that? Second reason, so that you can be an example in a very difficult thing. Amen. More notes. People are writing.
Amen. Now, is marriage easy? Why is marriage not easy? Francisca, stand up, tell me. Give me one reason. Not you in your life, but you know of other people in their lives. Yes. Like what? One person could be strong-willed. Yeah. Uh-huh. One person could be the opposite. Okay. Thank you. I've realized that you want to speak theories. So, I want somebody to tell us uh, why marriage... Steve, is marriage easy? Put down your Coca-Cola and answer. Is marriage easy and why? Is it not easy in general life, not in ministry? Francisca says, because different personalities. What's also your point? Clash of ideas. Really? Like what clash? Um, we have a set of doing things. Yeah. And she has a set of doing things. And um, sometimes I'm willing to compromise. You are also being theoretical, so you may take your seats. Yes, Pastor Paul. Two different people come together to get married, and they come with different backgrounds, different training, different ideas, and in getting together, they try to, they have to reach a compromise, and sometimes it's not, it's not, it's not easy. So sometimes there'll be quarrels, disagreements, um, somebody has to succumb to one person's ideas so that there'll be peace at home, but it's not always the case. It's not always the case, that what? That there's, that there's peace because sometimes there'll be disagreements that you can't sort of solve yes so in such a case what do you do <laughs> sometimes you, you call you, you, you call a pastor ask a pastor I mean, how do you go about this one I suppose the pastor has traveled Bishop <laughs> <laughs> that's why it's, it's difficult it's part of it alright Raquel You agree to disagree. Okay. You are all theoretical people in this church, I tell you. Marriage is not easy because it will test your character. It will test faith, hope, love, patience, endurance, joy, long-suffering. Every part of you will be tested. Sometimes you can see great ugliness in marriage. I mean, you will not imagine that this characteristic is manifested in this nice person who is in the church. All of our ugliness is thrown on the person whom we are getting married to. And 
Christianity is first of all your character. So, it's the greatest test of your character. Amen. The fact that pastors are divorcing today, commonly, does not make it right. It doesn't mean that it's right. Don't let anybody's life be your standard. And also there are some divorces that you may not know what is going on. And so you may not understand. And you, your situation is very far different from that. So marriage will test your character. And character is the foundation of ministry. Amen. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Good. Every woman is tested. Whether you are patient, gentle, kind, enduring. Oh, it will come out. The husband, whether you are kind, loving, gentle, what have you. It will come out. And sometimes the coolest looking brothers, eh, they are the most some way husbands. So that they look very cool and it's like, oh, everybody who is married to this person will be very happy. Because he looks very understanding. And sometimes the way he treats the church members is not the way he treats his wife. The way I treat my wife is not the way I treat my church members. My wife has told me before. that I mean there was a time she said if the, I have time to talk to people and so on if I had even smaller that I could take her as also a member to be counseled <laughs> <laughs> and it's true it's true if I was to take her as a member that I'm doing counseling with and I also sit down with her give her some of the time that I'm using for all those counselings there could be improvement Amen. Amen. So if you are a brother, you get it, and you are genuine, and you are a pastor, you will try to listen and open your ears to the cry of your wife. To listen to her complaints, her charges, her requests. So that if there is something you can do, about what she's asking. If you are a real genuine Christian, not even a pastor, and somebody says that this thing, if you do it, I will like it. If you do it, I will be happy. And you are genuine, a Christian, you will do it. Amen. And it all shows in your ministry. Amen. Amen. So all the pastors, what does your wife complain about? Because all wives have something to say. See if you can do it. You get what I'm saying? It's good. It is good to live in peace. The Bible says the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace. Of them that make peace. Amen. Amen. So if my wife wants something, me, I will try and do it. So that we will have peace and we will all be happy. That's all. 
I'm going to give you some keys. Are you listening? Yes. What was this point that I was making? Huh? It does what? Tests your character. So that's your character. Third reason for marriage is for humility. To humble you. The third reason why marriage is good for you in the ministry is for humility. You see, why does marriage bring humility, Pastor Steve? You see, because you may look very great in church, but when you go home, your wife will say, My friend, put your thing, put your thing over there. Put your, put your thing over there. At all. At all, at all. Don't don't even try. Move here. Stop that rough there. Don't do that. And although you, when you come with your high anointing, she'll bring you down to ground level. And you know that, yes, welcome back to life. <laughs> Mikhail brought David back to earth when he carried the Ark of the Covenant after church service. It wasn't easy in the house. She said, you, you. And, and she re-described what he did. A nice prison worship service. You were making yourself naked in front of all those young young girls, and they were all laughing at you. You were happy. Marriage will make you humble. There are times that my wife has faced me, and God told me that it's good for you. It's good for you. I said, Lord. He said, It's good for you. Come down. Come down. One day God told me, I've blessed you so much, so I need to bring you down to earth. Man. Humility. Pastor Richard, your wife faces you. It's God's blessing to humble you so that He can pour oil on you. Because God cannot pour oil on a big thing, you are so big. That God has to go up there to find you, your head to pour oil on you. No. You the man. Your wife will show you, you're not the man. You're not the man. You're not the man. If you want more anointing, accept when, the, when, 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 we, when, when we say, you see, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. When you see God humbling you, is know that it's because he wants to lift you up. But he can't lift you up unless you are humble. So sometimes some of the experience is just to cut you down and just bring you down to ground level so that he can lift. But if you don't want it, you can exchange places with the Lord. So instead of him having to lift you up because you didn't allow yourself to be humbled, you can exchange places with the Lord. And he, you try and lift yourself up and he will bring you down. You just exchange. <laughs> yeah. Instead of allowing the Lord to uh, uh, lift you up and you humble yourself, you allow the Lord, you, He will bring you down. You try to bring yourself up and He will, because somebody has to do the up and somebody has to do the down. So it's better to allow yourself to become down. If God has sent your wife to bring you to ground level, just flow with it because it's God's blessing. Women, 
there are many proud women and marriage is to bring you down to ground level ground level ground ground there are many fairy queens I said fairy queens with all sorts of oh look never be deceived by a pleasant looking face Macbeth said there is no art to find the mind's construction in the face see the person come praise the Lord sometimes the person is full of hatred the person can be full of bitterness the person can be full of pride all sorts of things that are in there that are ugly there are someone who cannot say sorry sorry is difficult for them sorry the word sorry is difficult and God sometimes will give you a marriage to bring you down he will give you a conqueror a conqueror to stay with you in the house to conquer you (laughs) oh yeah to conquer you (laughs) are you still in the church when I was facing the husbands the wives were happy now I've turned the thing to the other way some people are not happy with this part of the message (laughs) sometimes God will give you a conqueror Alexander the Great and he will face you and conquer you when you talk he will talk and he will stand and say that from today if you cross here that is it and you see that yes there is a difference between a man and a woman sex some of the wife God uses sex to bring you down to, to humility just do what you are supposed to do <laughs> yeah? you see Bible says for a woman who for, for daintiness she, she will not allow for her foot the, the sole of her foot to touch the ground he cares them he said that they will eat their babies that come from between their legs they look very dainty and drop the crown let's get to the job <laughs> they're having sex normal sex in any form and fashion that we need it it's coming on live today <laughs> all your queenly attributes will be sacked and you must perform it is in the Bible. The Bible. Listen, listen, listen to, listen to something. Listen to something. Huh. As a marriage is for humility, and humility is necessary for anointing. You can't be anointed with a great anointing unless you are humble. And sometimes we need humility. The Bible says that when a man gets a young lady and he has sex with her and he runs away and he does not want to marry her the bible says for he shall marry her because he has humbled her he has humbled her lie down there do this do that do that move here come on up down this (laughs) 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 
And the Lord will say, Yes, it's you. It's you. It's you. I brought you here to humble you. <laughs> Amen. How many agree that marriage is for humility? <laughs> Amen. The next one, marriage is for an example in victory. Now, many marriages have failed. How many have parents and families where the marriages didn't work? Raise up your right hand. Give me a wave. Give me a wave. Give me a wave. Give me a wave. If you've seen, you either from a home or whatever. It's the commonest thing for marriages that it doesn't work. That's a commonest. You see a lot of marriages are young. Everybody looks happy and so on. But some of the problems have just started. And by the time they are married for 10 years, they'll say that this thing, I can't take it anymore. I won't take it anymore. Enough is enough. You get it? So many of, many of us are young. We are yet to get to certain places. And God wants to have an example. People want to follow an example of victory. I've had people calling me. My, my husband says he's leaving me. My husband says he's leaving me. He says that we are going to divorce. This, this, that, that. And I, 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 I look and I say, you see, if the person is not prepared to overcome and to do the word of God, you get it. It's not going to work. It's one of a, it's a difficult thing to, you see, it's a difficult thing to be successful. But when you are successful at it, people would want to follow that example. So that, man, this guy and his wife, they are happy and they are moving on. Of course, they must have times that things are not the best. But you can see that it generally the thing is working and they are blessed. So it's an example of victory in something that is very difficult for most people. Most of our homes and families are broken homes and disastrous marriages and all sorts of... And many of us have had all those experiences ourselves. And you realize that it's not a simple thing. So marriage for you in the ministry is to set an example of something that is difficult to conquer. I, your leader and your pastor, I have conquered it. Follow me. And people will say, oh yes, we'll follow you because we can see that you have been able to succeed and to conquer in that area. Amen. Amen. Are you listening to me? Amen. So marriage is for an example to be victorious in something. Amen. Now, the next uh, reason for marriage is that marriage is a test for your ability to create peace and to bring peace. Amen. And to live in peace. I believe it's in James 2.16 or so. Anyway, one of those best. Listen. It's one of the most elusive things on earth. Peace. Is there peace? Is there peace in Nigeria? 
between the Muslims and the Christians? No. And between different tribes? Is there peace in the world? There is no peace. Is there peace in homes? Often there's, you see them coming together in the same car, smiling, but there's no peace. Sometimes they talk, but there's unhappiness. But who can achieve peace? When I say peace, I don't mean a covering, an appearance of niceness. There are people who even wear the same clothes, but they don't talk. None of my examples are imaginary. They all are real. There are people who live in the same house. The wife stays here. The husband stays here. They don't talk. I know husbands and wives who have stayed together in the same house for 10 years. It's the daughter who cooks for the husband. But the, the wife does not even go. Or even doesn't stay there. Oh, yeah. So how to bring... This one says, I like this. This one says, I want it like this. This one says, I want that. This one says, I want that. People who they don't talk for, can you imagine you don't talk for 10 years? You've never said hello, bye-bye. 10 years. I said, no, it's, it's, it's something. But God wants you to, because what is a church? A church, we also have to create peace <laughs> and live in peace. It's very complex. There are people who say, I don't want to be any, near any Ghanaian. Have you not heard that? I was in a country and the uh, uh, church, the person I was talking about was a Nigerian. She said to me, you know my people, I don't want, I don't want anybody to, she was going to, going to be engaged to somebody. She said, I don't want my people to know about the way they talk about me. They will go and say I'm this, I'm that, and the guy will not want to marry me anymore. I said they will spoil my people. So there are places where they don't even want to come together. And it's not Ghanaian or Nigerian, but it's sometimes people who know you whether you are Jamaican or you are this, every community has those things. So how do you create an environment of harmony, tranquility, peace? Your marriage itself will show you how to create harmony and peace. And if you can create it, you are successful. It's a test for the ability to create peace and to live in peace. And the greatest key to living in peace is not change, but it's the opposite of change which is acceptance. The key to peace is acceptance. What's your name, my brother? Are you married? Kojo? Kojo what? Kojo Spencer. Where is your wife? Wife, what's thy name? Gina. What's the greatest key to peace? Acceptance. You accept Gina. She no go change. Gina, you accept? Kojo? He ain't gonna change. And you know, when you start to accept them, they start to change. It's a miracle. It's the opposite. When you start to accept them, then they start to bring changes. (laughs) That's it. Certain things I fought with my wife about, not fought, but... I challenge about when I accepted it, then she changed all those things. And I'm sure it's the, opposite, it's the same thing with me, with, with me. I don't try to change my wife. Anything she wants, I just want peace. Anything that she wants, we all be happy and we be moving. We all enjoy it. That's all. My house is a house of peace. And I'm a very strong choleric. Very strong and determined. 
I'm not a phlegmatic. Phlegmatics are peacemakers of everything. But God has given me that wisdom that, hey, peace is a very good thing. When you put two and two together, I realize that peace is a better option. So, I've chosen peace. I just allow her. If my wife wants eight children, we will have eight. Oh, yeah. I said, I will advise you, I will advise you to have three or two. You say you want more. Happiness is the key. We just be happy. We have more. What do you want to do? You want us to do whatever you want to do, we do it. We will be happy. Amen. If you want time, I will do my very best to make. Sometimes the ladies, you don't make your request clear. We don't know what to do exactly. Say, give us the points. Do this, do this, do this. Three, four points. Then we can do it. Kojo and Gina, you are blessed. Sit down. The next one. It is a test of your ability to have a happy family. Now, do you make the people around you happy? For instance, if I'm a boss and I have a place that I work, do I make the people around me happy? I believe that the people who work for me are happy. Amen. I believe that the pastors who are working in the church are happy. Amen. And can you have a happy family, children? Do you have time for them? I believe you have to have time. Amen. There are times that I take my wife and my children. There are times that I turn off the phone because I want to be able to talk to them. And I realize that my, every woman talks and my wife needs to talk. It's not an option or something that she wants. She doesn't want an answer to anything. She just wants to talk. But men want to give an answer. Uh, you said you want, okay, this. Oh, no, she wants to talk. So allow her the river to flow. You just as she's talking, you also say, oh, mm, okay, yeah, it's a good idea. And then try and throw in a question. So what about that? As though you are really listening to the thing. And then you are part and you are flowing. Yeah. Because she needs somebody to talk. Women talk. Then it's a need. They just need to. That is why I advise every woman to have female friends. Apart from your husband. I remember one time PFI. I was with our pastors. Myself, Reverend Sakin Pastor And we were, it was uh, Sunday afternoon. We were all in my room. My bedroom. We were all watching. Uh, till it was Sunday afternoon. We were just sitting down. And we were just quiet. Watching television. I think it was soccer or something. We were just uh, quiet. Something happened and I had to go to the next room. When I went to the next room, my wife, Reverend Saki's wife, Pastor Eddie, said, Oh Lord, help us. And they were chatting. And you realize that the two rooms, two different activities. Because two species, tigers and monkeys, different. I don't know who is the tiger, I don't know who is the monkey, but you just. <laughs> So they need it. They need it for. So I've I, I realized my wife becomes happy when she talks. Don't give answers. Don't have to just to hear. 
See, just talking. Hey, so what about that? Then you just be sometimes I'm eating, sometimes if I'm watching television, my wife, my wife has also accepted that I can watch television, eat and listen to her at the same time. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> Because I listen to, I hear her, so I ask intelligent questions when she's talking. And I ask and I contribute. Because you also have to accept that. Because me, when I, when I come home, you see, I come very tired. I'm very tired and I'm spent, totally spent. So I, I just need a few minutes to sit down and then relax. And I don't need to, I don't, I don't watch anything. I just have to, just something. I'm just there. And then she'll be talking. Oh. Oh. And, and if you're a good husband, you get a lot of information by listening to your wife. You know what's going on. But if it was not for my wife, I wouldn't know a whole lot of things that are going on. My wife is very alert. <laughs> and she's happy. Just because she talked to you, Obi. The only thing, just to talk to you. That is all. You have to understand it and believe it. That it just wants to talk to you. That's all. Enjoy. If that is what you must do, then Obi, do it. Otherwise, you don't deserve to preach. Because you preach, but in reality, the person next is not a happy person. So if that will make her happy, do it. Careful. Yeah. But I see the ladies, you also have to accept. accept. And I talk to him, and he doesn't, he doesn't talk, and he doesn't tell me anything. All of them are the same. They all don't talk. They all don't say much. Sometimes when I'm, I come, my wife will tell me, one day she'll say, you don't say much. I'll start to say, when I start to say, she'll say her own story. And then after I realize, you have done all the talking, and my story that I started, you didn't allow me to finish. So one day, don't accuse me that I don't say anything. Because when I start, you also start yours, and then I have to listen to yours. And she said, I heard about it when you were telling somebody on the phone. <laughs> I heard about it when you were, you, were, you were telling somebody on the phone. I was not told. I'm in the house. I don't know what is going on. One of my wife told me, I hear you are traveling. I said, I beg you. All these are humility. Humility. <laughs> <laughs> but you see all these are to test your car to see if you are really a Christian because if you are a Christian and you love your wife you want her to be happy anything that you can do to try and try 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 and that's why some I try to understand what is it that you want so that I can understand what to do and just do it what is it that you want? Marriage is like high jump. That's the next one. <laughs> Marriage is like high jump. And you must know when you can jump again. 
<laughs> when you do this, they will say, I want this. When you do this, they will say that. I have heard different. One day I was listening to one wife. She said, If only my husband had a good character. If only he had a good character. At least a good character. And as I, I looked at it and I thought to myself, there are people whose husbands have good character. But they are also not happy. They are also saying that if my husband had time for me, and those, there are some people whose husband have time for them. And they are saying that, yes, he's there, but he doesn't talk to me. And some, some, there are wives also who, 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 who say, he has time for me. He doesn't have time for me. When this one says, so let's say that when you raise the, the good character, they also get time for you. When the time for you is raised, then they put uh, that he must talk with you. Then we are lifting, as I say, it's like high jump. And we are going higher and higher. The one said that he doesn't have sex with me. Says some, 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 some wives complain about that. Said, eh? I am being starved. And I said, wow. There are those who are praying that the thing will finish. And there will be no sex. Yeah. It's true. It's a wonderful thing. And when you keep raising the high jump, it's like one brother, they were doing a high jump and they put it at a point. He said, no, lift it up. And he said, no, then they lift it up. No, then he started. Then he he ran straight under the thing and he ran under the high jump and he ran through. So when you keep raising, raising, even one jump you won't get, they'll just go under the thing like that. Straight like a bullet. Because at a point you must be content. You must know that I have a good thing. Let me not pretend. Let me not be some way. It's not perfect, but it's not bad. It's not perfect, but it's not bad. If you keep raising the thing, you will lose even what you are. Even the five feet you are going to jump. Now they've raised the thing to 11 feet. Now the guy just runs under the thing like that. It's true because there are those whose husbands, he said, Mama, he, when he comes, he's tired. He's like, a, he's like a log. He just lies there. He doesn't even hold me. Some of us, one year, so many months, we have not had sex. We don't do it. Ah, you are complaining. There are others who are also fighting the thing. It's a wonderful thing. Then those who have the sex, they say he doesn't do this. Or this one said, he has girlfriends. And then some, he doesn't have girlfriend, but they are, they are imagining that he has. And they are sharing the girlfriends for them. And this one and that one and this and that and that. Oh, yeah. Like, a, 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 what do you call it? Uh, John Wesley's wife. He insisted that the girl, there was a girl whom John Wesley was having an, uh, something to do with. And John Wesley is the one who gave her the letters that, why my letters can't open it? If he had wanted the letters, he, he did, wanted to hide whatever from her, he would not have given her the letters that open the, and respond to them. But he, he insisted 
various things and that this person that 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 and there are some people like that they will accuse one day i was looking at her sister she was accusing the husband said the husband started to cry in front of me he said he said she says that my uh, girlfriend i have a former girlfriend i this and that i told my mother that this i did i said all oh, these things are not the case i said that some other girl this there's no girl there's nothing and the man started to cry I said, what does she want me to do and i look at her and say you are just spoiling a nice thing accusation upon accusation out of your fear and insecurity you can't stand anybody there are people like that because of the wife the husband has to suck this secretary he has to sack this person he has to sack this person he has to clear up so many people and the and the next person that there will still not be peace because you are not secure it's not your sacking people that will make your place secure it's god who will make your place secure so the jump keeps going higher and you don't even know what will be the next thing He doesn't take me for dinner. He doesn't kiss me. When he comes, no, straight. (laughs) One pastor said, I've forgotten how to kiss. Everybody has another jump. Now, the next thing. Marriage is a test of your discernment. Of good and evil. Now, some people, we are going to close just now. Some people are genuinely married to a bad person. But it's not easy to diagnose that your spouse is a bad person or has a very bad problem. It's not easy to diagnose it. Are you listening to what I'm saying? It's a master test of discernment. One day I was listening to a marital quarrel. Wife who said this, husband who said, wife who said this, husband who said. As I look and as I was assessing, I said, oh, the husband is bad. Then the child came and said, my mother is very bad. My mother is very bad. One, two, three, four. And I said, man, suddenly from another point of view is a very different story. And when she talked, one, two, three, I said, what? So sometimes you are faced with a discernment problem to be able to discern that I am dealing with pride. It's a test. It's not easy to diagnose something because you have to be careful for yourself. Because you are diagnosing somebody, a a speck in somebody's eye. There's a log in your own eye. Some of you are married to husbands who are not faithful. And at times you have to be able to discern that, look, this person is not a faithful person. They are playing games around me. It's not easy, but it's a test to be able to diagnose. You may marry the sweetest whatnot, and then you come to find out that this person is suffering from pride. 
serious one or something else spiritual or the person I've married is spiritually dull and backward and will never change there are people who have to and so it's a you have to discern and accept and when you come to that diagnosis then you know how to stay with the person but sometimes you can't easily come to that because you look I can't come to that diagnosis. but when you are able to come it's a step towards victory because if for instance I'm married to somebody who is spiritually dull maybe I married her because she was very beautiful she was very nice and everything and I, I, I want to be in the mission and I realize that as I'm going for this person is keeping me back and she's so some way spiritually and she's not even interested in the ministry and all that what will I do I have to be able to come to that diagnosis versus that this person this is the person I made a mistake to marry such a person but I am married to the person and I'm going to be able to stay I have to stay with a spiritually dull person and how to manage the ministry with such a dull person that's all because there, what are you going to are you going to leave her you are not allowed to leave her that's, that's where you are you have to be in it so you have to now know how to survive amen and you think you will know before you marry oh man how many have had surprises since you got married you are surprised about life Gina, are you surprised? All of us have been surprised. We never thought that life was like that or marriage was like that. As you go along, you come to that and then you know how to... You know that when you make a diagnosis, it's easier to live with it. When you are able to... So it's a test of your discernment. And I've come to see that it's not... You have to be able to say, this man... He's a liar. Oh yeah. He's a he's a con man. I've married a total con man. But I have to see how to stay with him. Are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? Yeah. Oh yeah. So when the con man tells you stay in Nottingham I will stay in London. You see, you know something. Where you are, that is where I will be. Your God will be my God. And your people will be my people. When the con man tells you, I've got a certain, my sister, my cousin, who is coming to, eh? my father's sister's daughter, who is coming to, my cousin, who is coming to stay with us to help there are people who have stayed with people who were girlfriends and they thought they were sisters or this or that from the village and from this and that they were what they were girlfriends or second wives and third wives they were all together they didn't know they played ringa ringa roses round them oh yeah at times you have to diagnose that I've married a Nabal, a fool. Financially, when we follow this man, we are going to be poor. Because the way when I put two and two together and I look at the way our lives are going, we'll never prosper. Oh yeah, there are some men, the way their lives is you will not prosper as you stay with them. So you have to come. To, it's difficult to come. To, a person you've married, realize that I've married a fool. That's not easy. Because if you marry the fool, then you are what? 
You are double foolish. You have to sometimes diagnose, I've married an unspiritual man. That's the reality. It's a test of discernment. Just as in the ministry, there are people that have come to, they smile with me, they talk with me, I've said that this person is a liar. And this person is not what the person is. As you grow in me, you have to know people, everybody comes and says nice things. Nobody says bad things to me. Everybody says nice things to me. But it's a test of discernment to know how people really are. You have to know. I've married somebody who is spiritually backward. I am his head spiritually. There's a sister. She's married. And I would say that her husband is demon possessed. He's possessed with devils. Satan has filled his mind. And she's married to him. Probably she can see by marriage is a test. For you to know that Satan has possessed my husband. And you are married to him. How do you live with such a person? You have to ask. You have to know. You have to also know that this. You have to be able to diagnose that this person. When I follow him, I will not end up well. Even when I get to heaven, I will have. I'll be Mrs. Whatever it is, but I'll. I'll have nothing. So you, you have to look and then how do you manage it? Then you have to have wisdom, how to live with a fool, and how to prosper financially when I've married a fool. You will not know the foolishness of somebody till you marry. Sometimes you've married a woman. Who will waste all your money if you listen to her? So you have to know how to balance yourself. Otherwise, if she knows that you have this money and that money, it will get finished. Are you listening to me? Yeah. So marriage is a strong test of discernment to actually be able to come to a conclusion that this person, this is the situation. This person. And when you know, it is like personalities. You realize that I've married a choleric. I've married a phlegmatic. I've married a melancholic. I've married a whatever. I've married this. I've married this. I've married, I've married a sanguine. Sanguines are disorderly. They don't arrange their things. Everything is bizarre. When you are married to a sanguine, you have to respect his disorderliness and know that disorderliness will be with you until your dying day. It will never change. Never try to change that thing. You are going to fight with things you can never win. Why fight a fight you know when? Accept his mess. And every time as the mess is there, you just go and clear it up peacefully and carry the things away. That's all. If you start with your house will be a house of chaos and fighting. So you have to descend. So when I learned about personalities, I found it a very helpful thing because you look and you realize this is that thing. Aha. This is the kind of person. I've married a man, not a woman. Yeah, I've married a melancholic. I've married a sanguine. I've married a this. I've married a fool. I've married a non-spiritual. I've married a, 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 an unbeliever. Some of you have to realize you have married an unbeliever, actually. Yeah, there are people we've married them, but they actually, they married unbelievers. Once, one sister, she married, we blessed her wedding and everything. Oh, the husband. The guy is a con man. <laughs> I know some of his girlfriends. Oh, yeah. The sister is in the church. You see, when you are married to such a man, you must know that this man he can easily give you HIV. Even. How will you do it? I don't know. But I'm just telling you, you can easily get HIV. I know his girl. But we officiated. I, I laid hands on them and prayed for them. <laughs> so, but you have to come to the conclusion. And one day I saw the sister, I realized that her eyes were beginning to open to see. Amen. 
So marriage is a test of discernment. One day I look at a pastor and I told somebody, you see this guy? He will not be, he's going to leave the church. He left two years later, he left. For two years I was with myself, this man he will leave. Because God gave me the eyes to see that this guy was not with me. He stayed with us for two whole years, he came to pass and then he left. I said, you see, he's gone. Just as I said, he will stay. I know. Ministry is discernment. Discernment. And God will give you spiritual discernment. Amen. Shake the person next to you and say, How dare you sleep when we are preaching about marriage? When you provoke me, we shall go home in the morning. So, marriage is a high jump test. Amen. And marriage is a test of discernment. Amen. Are you ready for discernment tests? When you marry, when are you getting married? 18th August. You can't see when you get married. What's your name? Dorothy. When you get married, you will know Dorothy. Even now, you won't know. But after some time, when you wake up and you realize that Dorothy that I've married is ABC, now you have to apply for wisdom. Yeah. I see your application being approved in Jesus' name. You can pray 1,000 years, you will still marry something you don't really know. People who are praying forever and ever, I'm trying to observe certain things before I. You observe, uh, you will see. You will see. Sometimes some people do their observance for such a long time, and then when they finally come up with what they are coming to marry, say that, ah, all this analysis is this what you've brought? May your eyes be healed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet. You are tired, eh? Ah, okay. Because me... Hello? Hello? Yesterday, I was flying. I've not laid on a, I've not laid on a bed. You slept on a bed. I've been sitting throughout. And I'm preaching. So, don't bring yourself at all. Any question? Question time. Before we close, if you don't ask your questions quickly, we'll be here till the morning. Question. Huh? Yes, darling. Yes. What if um, the character is against the word of God? It's actually a sin. Do you need to accept it in that situation? If the character is against the word of God, you get it. What are you going to do about it? You can say, stop it. I don't like it. It is wrong. And then after that, what? Fighting. And it doesn't stop. Pray. Trust the Lord. You are not accepting it for yourself. 
But you are accept, for instance, my house where I live. When I move there, are you are you listening to me? When I moved to the house, I realized that there was a drinking bar, a beer bar next to my house. And then I realized that they were playing, setting music and so on in the night. Various things. Then I started to pray certain prayers. And I said, Lord, move this thing from there. But after some time, I realized that it wasn't moved. It has been more than eight years. <laughs> the beer bar is still there. It is expanding and more people are. But I accepted it and then I, I began to look for some good things about the beer bar. So now I've discovered that because of the beer bar, our area is no, it's not a quiet area. It is their activity. So I'm robbers can't easily come there at a certain time because there are people around for a long time. Even when it is quiet, there are people around. So the beer bar, which I don't sanction that beer bar. I will not build that beer bar. I don't approve of that beer bar. If I had you ask me whether the beer bar should be there or not, I would say the beer bar should be removed. But I have prayed about it. I have cursed it. I have bent it. I've done everything, but the thing is still there. So I've accepted it. And now I'm even beginning to see some advantages. That as the thing is there, it is also creating an atmosphere that armed robbers may not easily flow in. So as you, your, your husband is some way, after some time you look at it, you realize that God is using it to humble you. So you just accept it like that. You have to try and find something good about it. Because it won't, it won't go away. What do you think? You think about that? Do you think about that? Sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. You're all looking sleepy. Any more questions? Yeah. If you are a young pastor and probably not married. Your, your name? George. George what? France. George France, okay. If you are a young pastor and probably not married, how do you deal with marriage issues in your church? You hurry up and get married so that you can deal with them. <laughs> Next question. Yes. Thy name. Okay. I just want to know that you said that only when you get into marriage that you're able to discern certain things. I just want to know, isn't there some way you can test or isn't there telltale signs of the person before you can enter into the marriage itself? There are many telltale signs. I could tell you this is this, this is this, this is that. But when I say you won't believe and when I say you may, you may, you may misuse what I will tell you. You may misuse what I will tell you. Yeah. I may, I may say to you, A, B, C, look at it clearly. And you, you may not believe it. And even if you believe it, and maybe you are breaking up, you've decided to break up for your own reasons. 
then you may say that ah you see i was told that abc that is why i decided to break up but that is not really the reason why because you have your own reasons okay i was talking to a brother and i remember some years ago when i i gave him some advice and so on and when i gave him that advice he decided he was in a certain relation decided not to continue the relationship and he said to me that that relationship that I, I did not continue, I did not continue it because you told me that I should not continue in that relationship. But you gave me advice, and when I put two and two together, I realized that it would not be advisable to go on. But some people, if you give them advice, they won't see. They can't see. And sometimes when you give them, they will misuse that advice. I get it. So sometimes we just watch you as you are going, and we say, aha, when the fire bites you, we'll be here. And we just say, the Lord help you and the Lord be coming for counseling slowly, slowly. And you just be humbled. You get it? You get it? You get what I'm saying? So there are telltale signs, but uh-huh. What can you do as an individual to find out certain things? Certain things to find out that he's a that he's a what, for instance? A con man. Okay, con man is a bit obvious. But you know, there's certain things with character. Okay, for example, the guy's not, you got a desire to be in a ministry. And maybe they're showing that they've got interest, but you may think that as time goes on, he'll build up that interest. What can you do to test whether he will build up that interest? Supportive of what you desire. Okay. If a person, for instance, is not at the camp, you are a beloved and a person, you are at the camp, and your beloved is not at the camp. I can tell you, I can tell you in advance that this beloved you've married, when you are married, he won't come for the camp. And he will not be interested. It takes something to be here on Monday to be at the camp. So if he's not at the camp and you are at the camp, I can see straight ahead of that the person is not interested in such things. Anybody who wants to be at this camp is at the camp, period. And those who don't want to be at the camp are not at the camp. The same person who say that, he doesn't can he cannot get time off from work or the same person you see him going on holidays doing this doing that doing anything that he wants to do or she wants to do so don't tell me that your beloved this that 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 that, that but he really loves the lord and so on it's a clear thing but when we say you 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 say that we are saying something but the thing is how many agree that it's obvious if you your beloved your beloved is here but you the, you are not here it's, it's not a mystery but if you tell people they will not easily like it Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Very easy to see. You come to church on Tuesdays, he, he doesn't come. He comes on Sunday. Why? Because of his work. Well, we are all working. So, but he works in the evenings or he has classes or whatever. Even people who have classes, you see the efforts they make in spite of their classes to do this, 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 that, that. People have exams. They force and make a way where there is no way so that they can be at the meetings. It, it's easy for me to see. So easy, but... You know. Any other question? Yes. You pray about how to stay with a wizard or a witch. Just uh, pray for wisdom. Uh, Like somebody was in the house, he was sleeping in the night. 
Then the wife got up and started to speak with a man's voice. And the brother looked at the wife and said, ah, What is this? Ah, what should you do? Pray about it. Are you going to divorce her? You are married to her. She spoke with a man's voice in the middle of the night, saying certain things, various things. Man, I've married a real mommy water spirit in the house, pa. Any other question? Yeah. Frank, um, I want to know whether marriage has an effect on the anointing, whether it's negative or positive effects. Because I've heard people say that, you know, when you marry, your ministry will be this, or marry and see whether you are anointed or not. So I want to know what, what effect it has on the anointing. What effect it has on the anointing? It has two effects. One, the anointing decreases initially because you are married. And then, number two, it gives, if you are able to stay married and stay happily married, it gives the anointing longer chance to work. I don't get what I'm saying. Okay. The Bible says that when you marry, you will have trouble. The word is used is trouble in the flesh. So because of the flesh trouble and the troubles you have, the anointing is reduced because the fruit of righteousness, which is the anointing, the work of God, is soon in peace by people who make peace. So sometimes when two rivers meet, it's turbulent. You get it? So it affects the anointing. You get what I'm saying? Many pastors quarreled before Sunday. They quarreled on Saturdays. The choir start coming on Saturdays, especially if you are going to preach on Friday, or if you preach on Tuesday, the choir can easily come on Monday, Tuesday to go after the church. I've had many quarrels on Saturday. If at the time came where I realized that when Saturday come, I'm going to quarrel with my wife. Oh yeah, and the choir after church, peace, love, joy, happiness. She's the most nicest person, and I'm the, also the nicest person in the world. It's a spiritual principle. He noticed it with his wife. That's what we call PPQ. Pre-preaching quarrels. It's a real thing that happens. Anybody who is very active in the ministry. So, but now I, I hardly experience those things. Because from, my wife has, knows how to stay with me. And then also she's also preaching. So the other day I was laughing at her. I said, hey, you are preaching. Eh? More anointing for you. I saw her praise. Oh, amen. Receive anointing, sister. Because you are now preparing. And I'm also... And I said to her, I said, I realized that when you are not preaching, eh, your life is very different. You come into church, you are just some free element moving around. And when you are going to preach, there's some tension that is there. You don't even know about it. You see? So now I think with experience, we don't have anything like Saturday. There's peace in my house. Saturday, there's nothing. There's no PPQ. PPQ doesn't come. Occasionally, but no, there's nothing. Just We just flow. If I tell my wife that I want to commit love, come. There's no question about it. If I want to do anything. She will, she will be happy. She will just be happy. She wants to chat with me. I just, because I also don't pray too much on Saturdays. I've learned to relax. You preach better when you are relaxed. You minister more. It's not the prayer that you are rushing. The Bible says the liver should not wear anything that produces sweat. God doesn't want your self-energy too much.
in his house when you are working you are using your effort it's not your effort it is his anointing so i've learned also to relax more on saturdays play with my children i play with my children sometimes i take them out sometimes i watch a film with them we all watch films together they are happy to watch films with me oh yeah film that they want to watch any film that i sometimes grown-up films i watch with them just to be with them to play with them and i tell them things they also tell me things otherwise i don't have a chance to talk to my own children and i've dashed them to external people to talk to them amen so i i'm more relaxed and when i'm more relaxed i flow better are you there God does not want Levites to wear things which make them sweat. Uzzah, the guy when the ark was falling down, he put it back. Do you know the name, meaning of the name Uzzah? Strength. Strength. They just killed him straight away. He used his strength to do the work. He would just die. (laughs) Uzzah means strength. Your own strength. The ministry is by God's strength and not by your strength. So it's not by my might. I don't don't have to rush. If I finish preaching, I'm rushing. Be on my knees till morning praying for... No. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel. I'm anointed. I stand here by faith under the anointing of the Holy Ghost and I minister. Period. I have used Uzzah strength before. <laughs> and I've come to see that Uzzah strength is not what makes the ministry work. It is the oil and the flow of the grace of God on your life that will make the ministry work. So I'm more relaxed on Saturdays. Chat with my wife. I allow my wife to chat with me. Relax. And I sleep early. I sleep early on Saturday. I tell them, today is Saturday. We are all sleeping early. Turn off the phones, everything. We are all sleeping early. Phones off, sleep, only emergency. And then everybody turn off. If you visit me, there are people who visit me, they come. I'll be in the room. I know that they are there, but I'll never come out. If you are a human being, come and knock on the door <laughs> and you'll see. Because I'm meeting, having a meeting with the King of Kings. You are coming to this temple. No. Amen. Some of you will have more anointing on your life if you just chat with your wife on Saturday instead of praying. Just talk to her. Talk to her. Make her happy. Laugh with her. Go to the kitchen with her and sit there and let her, as she's cooking, you'll be laughing at her or saying something. Some of you, you are strange in the marriage. You are not like how, how you are in church. There's no happiness. There's no talking. The house is quiet unless there's a visitor. When a visitor comes, when a visitor goes, return, cemetery, quietness. It is wrong. Rather, it should be there's talking, talking, talking. When a visitor comes, it's quiet. And when a visitor goes, then you are free again and the talking continues. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Are you still in the church? Everybody has become very well. 
Or what I'm saying, you don't like the things I'm saying, you see. Huh? You must talk, you must, you must be able to talk with it. I like to try to talk with my children because I feel that my children will be trained by the community rather than by talking with me. Sometimes, the other time, my children watched, they were watching a, a film, Veggie Tales, and they wanted, no, not Veggie, something else. Some film of some three men who kidnapped a baby. Is it three men and a baby or something? Yeah, I don't know what the film is. But I just, I sat there and I was watching it. They wanted me to watch it with them. The, 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 the uh, gorilla, something with a gorilla or something, a gorilla. The, is that the one? I don't know what. The child, the baby, in the end, the baby, I don't know what happened. The baby was. So they went, and then they said, thank you for watching the film with us. And they went, yeah. The other day, I just I took my family to uh, Takradi for just two days. No program. I said I'm not preaching. No church. Nobody should call me for anything. I turned off my phones. Me, my wife, and my children. We wake up, have my quiet time. Make all of them have their quiet time. They all have their quiet time. Go. We went. We found a swimming pool. We swam. I played golf. We ate and we slept and we woke up. We're happy together. Today we came. They have, our family is happy. And I came back to church and I switched on my phone. That's all. I returned to life. Yeah. So that there is happiness. Because if you are with unhappiness. But you see, some people, you can do whatever. They will raise it to seven feet. They do all these things. Then they will go up again. And we start the high jump. Then you see that the person is now running straight <laughs> under the thing. Amen. Amen. Are you listening to me? Yes. Yeah. So happiness is a test on your ability to discern and a test on your ability to make peace and to live in peace. Lighthouse is a church of peace. Our churches are at peace. I've come to London. I'm not afraid of Pastor Richard. I'm not afraid of any pastor who is trying to take over the church or kill me or sack me or the I was talking to one person, he was talking about his branch somewhere, and he said that that guy, that guy. (laughs) He was telling me how the guy, when he got saved, he brought some talisman, and the guy was some person somewhere with a watchman, and he saw the watchman died, and when he saw the watchman died, he also brought his talisman, and he was some person on the road. And he got saved. And he said, I took this guy here and this guy. And he was saved. I said, me. I don't have all those problems. I have peace. And my pastors love me and I love my pastors. And so it's the ability to bring a peaceful environment also into your home. That your wife is happy. If she's honest, she said that, oh, my husband, he tries. He tries. He's trying. I mean, he's not doing his best. But you can see that. He's trying hard to do something. You know what I've asked for? He's he's making an effort. Oh, is that not so? Yeah. Linda, is Pastor Richard not making an effort? She's nodding her head. I'm sure he's making an effort. She says you are trying, isn't it? 
Careful. careful I said careful. careful. It's a test. Let him first be a husband <laughs> of one wife. Blameless. It's not a. He needs supernatural wisdom. And the greatest key to happiness is acceptance. You can't eat rice, potatoes, noodles, kenke, yam, uh, spaghetti, all in one. When they serve you, it's going to be this or that. It's going to come like this or going to come like that. Amen. Any other question? Very good. Okay. Yeah. Question. Nobody has given me a drink since I came here. Huh? Fact. Yes. Bishop, it's not, it's not a question as such. Yes. It's, it's what I've sort of observed and I'm a bit concerned about it. Oftentimes you see a person who's not married, so much on fire, eager to do God's work. And then as soon as they get married, after a while, they slack. And it, it, gets, it gets even gets difficult to cancel the person to get back into the flow that they were before marriage. Yeah. That is, that is what happened. So the question is, now the person's true colors are showing. Look, I've seen some people, eh, how they were on, they would come to church, fellowship, lift up your hand. I remember one particular sister. She, well, I remember I saw her in the church. She lifting up her hands. Oh, I love you, Lord. This, that. Then we're praying for people. I laid hands on there. She fell under the power. This happened, that happened. Oh, when she married, she even, she even began to hate me. Oh, yeah. One day I told the husband, I said, your wife hates me. And he was quiet. I said, your, your wife hates me. Because when they don't like the church, they don't like the person who is doing the church. Oh, yeah. But you see, after marriage, then the real thing starts to manifest. And that is where now you have to look at the thing and say, I realize that the person I married is not as spiritual as I thought. So now, these are my steps I'm going to take. And you live happily with the person and find a way and be praying. Maybe God will touch the person and the person will revive. Or maybe he won't, he won't revive. You'll be with the person until you die. That is your portion. You have to take it like that. That is also what you've married. And it's, it's God's test for you to stay happy with that thing. That is your test. Amen. And you're supposed to master the test. You can counsel her, you can advise her. But at the point, sometimes people cannot receive from someone whom they think is the problem. Because sometimes a person thinks that you, the husband, you are the cause, and you are now advising me. I won't listen to, to you. You get it? So it's exactly what we are saying. After you marry, the test will come. And sometimes you have to be able to see that the thing the person is requesting will take you away from God. Some of you must know, when you marry your husband or wife will try and take you away from God, descend it and say, no, I won't go away from God. I'm going nearer God, right? I won't allow you. I won't allow you. I won't allow you. This one is not Christian love. It's taking me away from God. Amen. 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 Stand to your feet. Let's close. Hold somebody's hand. Pray for the person right now. Mando Kabara Baba. 
Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your word. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 